This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 184 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections for the entire universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. Enjoy today's tip. Hi, everyone. Glenn the Geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, the home of the Rolex International three-day event going on right now at the Kentucky Horse Park. I am recording this on Wednesday, April the 21st, and this is a jog day where they all come out in their finery, and the veterinarians take a look at the horses to see if they're okay to go to start the dressage tomorrow. The Rolex uh, International three-day event is the only four-star event in the United States. Well, today we'll be right back here shortly with Dr. Jenny Johnson, but I wanted to mention that if you are a fan of our expert by the name of Jessica Phoenix, who we just had on again last week, Jessica had her baby a couple weeks ago, which we talked about here on one of the shows that she was uh, due, and uh, we did an interview with her at on the 2010 radio show. She's our spotlight eventer on that show and trying to qualify for the World Equestrian Games. Well, uh, crazy old Jessica, crazy young Jessica, actually, actually rode to the day she had her baby, uh, the day before, and rode, has been riding for a week now, just three weeks after having the baby, and is looking forward to going to a show next weekend. So if you want to hear that interview, if you're a fan of Jessica and want to hear that interview, take uh, take a listen at 2010radioshow.com episode number 87. Well, today we have back with us Dr. Jenny Johnson. Uh, She runs the Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic Clinic that is based in Calabasas, California. And as you know, Dr. Johnson's been on before, and she is a regular contributor to uh, the Jumping Radio Show. And this tip is taken off of episode 6 and is co-hosted by Chris Stafford. And you can hear the rest of the show by visiting jumpingradio.com. We'll be back with Dr. Johnson's tip right after we speak about a fantastic offer by Equestrian Collections. Equestrian Collections, just during Rolex week, this is good through Sunday, the 25th. You can get free shipping on any order over $50 or more if you're a listener to the Horse Radio Network. All you have to do at checkout is put in the coupon code or the promo code, Rolex HRN. That's Rolex, all one word, HRN for Horse Radio Network. So by being a Horse Radio Network listener, you can get a free shipping on any order over $50 this week only at equestriancollections.com. And don't forget, there are spring merchandise is in, the fly spray, especially the fly protection stuff, fly masks, fly sprays, fly sheets. You can find it all at equestriancollections.com and get free shipping by using the promo code Rolex HRN. And we thank Equestrian Collections for that special Special promotion for the listeners of the Horse Radio Network. And now on to Dr. Johnson and Chris Stafford. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, Chris. How are you this week? Doing great. Yeah, it's it's just a beautiful time of the year. You know, the blossoms coming out in, in Kentucky. It, it's And, you know, foals are just everywhere now uh, it's just a wonderful time of the year to be over here and uh, no doubt it's a good it's always a good time to ride in California though isn't it? It is. It's always a good time to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think you mentioned that uh, you've you've got an interesting tip for those that are that are going out to uh, 
buy a horse and uh, you know a lot of people this time of year think of think of what what you know you're more likely to think of buying a horse at this time of the year I guess than uh, coming into the winter right I think so yes you got spring in the air and then uh, the lovely summer seasons coming up full of shows and uh, various equestrian events and it certainly is uh, definitely more appealing to buy a horse this time of year than in the winter it certainly is, but I think you've got some good advice for those that are considering it. I do. I, I want to talk a little bit today about the pre-purchase exam and, and what it is and what to expect from the exam. I think that hopefully most of us recognize the importance of having a pre-purchase exam done before we purchase a horse. And a pre-purchase exam is simply a, a complete examination of the horse prior to the purchase. Um, no matter what the price of the horse is, it's always best to arm yourself with information. There really is no perfect horse, and there's always going to be various findings on a physical exam that uh, a veterinarian will come across. But with that information, a potential purchaser can make an informed decision as to whether the horse is suitable or, or serviceable, really, for their intended use. I think with any pre-purchase exam, there are going to be uh, many variations uh, in the exact exam, and there's going to be different degrees of involvement. There really is no standard pre-purchase exam. Uh, It has to be tailored to suit each individual situation. For example, you're going to have a significantly different pre-purchase exam on a horse that you're looking at as a trail horse uh, versus the horse that you might be looking at as a Grand Prix jumper. So I think it's important that before any of this, uh, before the veterinarian is even called, you need to identify clearly in, in your own mind as the purchaser what the intended use for the horse is, and is the horse serviceable for that use. I think one thing that's important to, to discuss a little bit is how the terminology has changed over the years. I think many years ago we used to talk about, oh, the horse passed the vet or the horse failed the vet. We've really tried to move far away from that terminology and more towards uh, is the horse serviceable. Not as a, you know, we don't pass or fail horses. We don't say they're sound or unsound. But is the horse serviceable for the intended use? And that that brings a completely different picture to the uh, pre-purchase exam. Another issue that's involved in purchasing purchasing a horse is suitability. And suitability. When I say suitability, I mean is the horse appropriate for the rider? Does the horse have the right temperament to do the job that you're looking at it for? Um, And those sorts of issues are really not in the realm of the veterinarian's expertise. Those, the suitability issues should be uh, directed or considered more by the trainer rather than the veterinarian. I think it is important to have a veterinarian who's experienced and familiar with the particular discipline of the intended use of the horse. For example, if you're purchasing a Grand Prix jumper, I think it's important to have a veterinarian that's familiar with Grand Prix jumpers versus if you're purchasing a Western performance horse, for example, you would want a veterinarian that's experienced in, in Western performance horses. They have different um, different types of injuries, different types of wear and tear, and, and a familiarity with those circumstances is essential in being able to evaluate whether the horse is serviceable for the intended use. And if, you're, you know, if your usual veterinarian is not uh, particularly familiar with the given discipline that you're looking at, then your veterinarian can generally uh, recommend someone who is. Doing a pre-purchase exam uh, has several phases to it, uh, usually about three phases that are important in the exam, the, the whole process. The first phase of the pre-purchase evaluation is 
what I'll refer to as discovery. And what this refers to is learning all of the particulars about the horse that you can, learning the particulars of the buyer, the seller, uh, the history of the horse, what the horse has been doing uh, exercise-wise, training-wise, uh, dietary-wise, uh, hopefully complete disclosure by the seller of any medical and surgical history, as well as the showing history. All of this information put together is very helpful to the veterinarian in, in terms of uh, evaluating the physical exam findings. And it helps the veterinarian to uh, come to a conclusion as to whether the horse is serviceable for the intended use that the buyer is, is uh, hoping to use the horse for. The second phase of the evaluation is the exam itself. And during the exam, it's best if the buyer and the seller can both be present. This uh, makes the exam process go much easier typically because the seller is there to answer questions about the horse should they arise, and the buyer is there to discuss any potential abnormal findings that are found during the exam. And that way, difficulties can be uh, frequently resolved immediately rather than having to wait until later and going over them over the phone with uh, either buyer or seller. Obviously, that's not always possible, but if it is possible uh, for them both to be present, that's preferable, and potentially, if not present at site, perhaps present by telephone during the time of the exam. For the exam itself, the horse is usually looked at uh, first at rest in the stall. The veterinarian can evaluate the horse for uh, behavior problems, just behavior of the horse in the stall, can sometimes pick up some clues about the horse's comfort level just walking around in the stall. Then the horse will be brought out and the veterinarian would perform a complete physical exam of all the body systems uh, and then move on towards the orthopedic exam. And that, of course, includes uh, palpation of all of the limbs and then moving into the flexion tests. Many times now we've gone to actually videotaping the flexion tests during the pre-purchase exam. And that serves a number of purposes, but it's, it's very nice to have that information documented and it serves to protect both the buyer and the seller and it's a reference point that all can refer back to after the exam. After the, uh, after the flexion tests are done but before the horse is observed under saddle it would be the time that any blood work to be drawn would be taken. Typically um, blood work might include a complete, a complete blood count, a chemistry screen, a Coggins test and potentially pre-purchased drug screens. I think the pre-purchase drug screens, certainly in, in the horses that are showing and uh, or more expensive horses, I think they're an excellent idea. I think it serves to protect both the buyer and the seller, and it just makes it clear, um, you know, if the horse has been receiving any medication. And typically, I will advise the sellers, of course, to make sure that the horse hasn't had any medication for probably a minimum of four to five days. Uh, before the examination, but there certainly are medications that can be picked up much longer than that, and so those findings have to be interpreted along with the history that uh, was obtained of the horse during the discovery phase of the evaluation. After the blood work is drawn, the horse is typically observed under saddle. Uh, it's nice to see the horse doing the job that they're intended for, just for the veterinarian to have a sense of the comfort level of the horse doing the job and, and uh, soundness-wise doing that job. After the, uh, after the horse has been re uh, observed under saddle, there'll be a re-exam of the cardiovascular and respiratory systems, evaluate how the horse has handled the exercise, and then many times a re-evaluation of the orthopedic exam, repeat the flexion test. And frequently it's uh, 
very interesting to evaluate the difference of the pre-exercise and post-exercise flexion tests. It's important to evaluate did the horse, did the test change significantly, did the horse improve, or did the horse worsen on those tests. After all of this uh, examination is completed, uh, would be the time when any ancillary uh, testing is done, and those might include radiographs, uh, endoscopy of the upper airway, ultrasound potentially of any um, lower limb issues or, or any lumps or bumps elsewhere that might be uh, of concern to the veterinarian. In some cases, in some of the more expensive horses, uh, there are cases where horses have actually been um, had a bone scan or nuclear scintigraphy done to evaluate for any particular areas of inflammation or increased bone turnover in the horse. That would probably be the exception rather than the rule, but certainly is out there. After the physical exam and the discovery phase, we move into the discussion phase where the uh, veterinarian discusses with both the buyer and the seller and potentially the buyer's agent, the seller's agent, all of the findings that were uh, obtained during the exam. And that's the time when the buyer can potentially ask questions, hopefully it could be answered by the seller. And then from there, there'll be generated a written report that will detail all of the veterinarian's findings. And, uh, you know, at that point, the decision is made generally the veterinarian and the potential buyer in discussion will determine whether they feel the findings are consistent with the capability of the horse to be serviceable for the intended use. I will talk a little bit just very briefly about the information and uh, who who has access to it. Typically, uh, when a veterinarian is working on a horse, that information is, is subject to the patient-client privacy uh, standards. In the previous exam, it's considered that things are available both to the buyer and to the seller, and that's probably one of the few times of different parts potentially a different size that will have access to that information. However, the radiographs and the ultrasound or endoscopy results are essentially the, the uh, privilege of the buyer and would not, you would not be uh, providing the seller with copies of that information or copies of the radiographs unless the buyer is so authorized. And uh, that way... The, the seller is protected, the buyer is protected, and, and the privacy standards are adhered to. And in cases, sometimes in cases where a buyer doesn't purchase a horse or it's not suitable for that buyer, there may be other buyers that potentially are available for whom it would be suitable. And in that case, there can be certain individual arrangements where uh, the, the, you know, the second buyer in line may uh, have access to that information through an arrangement with the first potential buyer. I think overall the, the goal of the pre-purchase exam is to identify uh, the status of the horse. Is the horse comfortable for what the intended purpose is and um, for the length of time that the potential buyer would like to use the horse for, and uh, then the suitability issues are frequently addressed by the trainer. Well, thank you to Dr. Johnson and to Chris Stafford. And that uh, tip was taken off of Episode 6 of the Jumping Radio Show at jumpingradio.com. 
And don't forget, you can find all of the Rolex coverage this week at eventingradio.com. We will be recording daily shows beginning today, Wednesday, April the 21st, through Sunday, April the 25th. We'll do wrap-up shows. They should be posted by 9 or 10 o'clock Eastern Time, so you'll be able to get all caught up either that night or when you wake up the next morning on what happened at Rolex the previous day. Chris Stafford will certainly have some of the top riders on with her, and you'll get to hear everything that went on during the day at Rolex. So we look forward to you joining us there, and don't forget the Chronicle of the Horse at cronofhorse.com. We'll be providing daily blogging uh, during the dressage on Thursday and Friday, and we'll be helping them out with that, participating there a little bit. So that's at cronofhorse.com. Well, thank you very much, and we look forward to being back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone. I am off to the Kentucky Horse Park for Rolex. Rolex.